big podcast coming up with Bill McFadden, owner of NewsHawk, who is going to talk about what NewsHawk has been doing, where it's headed, big ideas, big projects coming up. And he's going to weigh in on some of the news of the day and some of the big issues facing Santa Barbara. So hang on. He's going to come up in just a second. I wanted to ask you two things. One, please hit the subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube, it helps me in terms of growing my audience. Uh, I have thousands of people who watch this podcast regularly. To increase my subscribers means it can lead toward monetization, which means I can do more marketing and reach a whole new audience and have different quality of guests as well. So please hit the subscribe button. If you watch this show, most of the people who watch it just kind of search for it and find it or it comes up in their feed from history, but they're not actually subscribing. So just a little thing for you, but it's a big thing for me to have you regularly subscribing. Um, I'm at 417 as of this moment. So let's get that number up. The other thing I wanted to ask you is please consider a contribution by visiting SantaBarbaraTalks.com. This is my initiative. This is my project and I do it all on my own time. And so anything you can do to help support me and my time to improve the quality of the show, the graphics, the guests, uh, the production is really what I'm talking about. Um, it would be really helpful. So thank you so much for your time. And uh, we have Bill McFadden, who is the owner of NewsHawk, who I also write for. So you're going to get a real big uh, glimpse, big view of what's going on behind the scenes at NewsHawk. And we're going to talk about Lacumbra Plaza and the specific plan controversy, uh, downtown, housing, uh, political stuff, NewsHawk, uh, it's news coverage. You don't want to miss this. So it's coming up right now. Thanks a lot. Hit subscribe. Have a great day. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. And today I'm with my boss. Uh, my pleasure to be here with Bill McFadden, the founder of NewsHawk. Bill, looks like a beautiful day where you're at. How are you doing today? It's always a beautiful day. It's Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's such a pleasure here at the end of the year to be able to talk to you about NewsHawk and the great year that we've had, the year ahead, and talk to you about some news stories. I know that you write your weekly column, which is among the most popular features in NewsHawk, and you have a lot to say, and readers have a lot to say about what you have to say. So we'll talk about that in a second. But I wanted to lead off, Bill, with NewsPack and this big change that NewsHawk has recently embarked on. I'll, I'll let you talk about it. Uh, tell tell the audience, our readers are already familiar with it. We've had this big face-fronting change in terms of how people interact with NewsHawk. So what's going on? Why? What? What's that all about? Sure. That's a really good question and a very long answer, but I'll make it as <laughs> succinct as I can. Um, but uh, thanks again for having me on this this show. It's always fun to talk to you. Thank and, you. Uh, and you know, now you're recording me, so I'm sure some of this is going to come back to, <laughs> wait a minute, you said... <laughs> but uh anyway you used uh, to like me bill i remember exactly exactly <laughs> depends on the questions um so news pack is uh 
man, that Newspack essentially is a WordPress-based web platform. And it's a collaboration between WordPress, uh, Google News Initiative, and uh, the Lenfest Institute and some other national journalism foundations. And their their concept was that, or their premise was that local news sites like, like NewsHawk spend a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of resources on back-end web work. And that diverts time, money, and resources for front-end journalism in their communities. And so they had the idea that if they could centralize the back-end continue to make upgrades to it and innovations and then roll those out among their their clients um, the clients could spend uh, the bulk of their time not having to worry about that and, and doing just day-to-day reporting in their community so this launched uh, I think three years ago and newshawk was the third they they recruited us I think we were the number third the third client they they contacted they really wanted us because we're we were old and mature, had a ton of content, were a for-profit, and um, were, we were on a very complex uh, content management system. And so they felt that if they could successfully convert NewsHawk into this WordPress universe, that would be a selling point for other, other organizations. So the long story short was um, we were a little bit more complex than they were expecting, <laughs> And it took them a while to acknowledge that. And then once they did, they kept kind of <laughs> kicking us down the road because it was just too too hard. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, we realized um, that if we're going to keep going on this and they're expecting us to do this work and whatever, um, we're never going to make the switch. So we we actually hired our our current web development team to basically take on the project for us. And then they got it done and four or five months. So we switched a couple of weeks ago. Um, it gives us an, a refreshed homepage. One of the things that we were trying to achieve was to display more of the the broad content that we have than just uh, four or five stories. And I think we achieved that. Um, the The beauty of the, the WordPress platform is it's really easy to um, go in there and, and, and modify things. So we've already made some some changes, one substantive change, and then a lot of things that that most people shouldn't notice. But um, it's it's just more efficient, more convenient, uh, more our size, and um, we're not abandoning our web dev team. We're taking them with us because um, you know, frankly, none of us are coders. We don't know programming. Programming. We don't want to do that. Uh, we like the journalism part, and so. Um, we're relying on Hop Studios and up in Vancouver, who's been with us for more than a decade, and they're they're really good partners of ours. But they'll continue to do the development stuff that we need, the modifications that we need, and act as an intermediary between uh, news packs, coders, and and the news side. So it's mm-hmm. it's really great for us. Um, we've already seen the efficiencies. And we're still, you know, getting our feet wet. I think uh, the reporters are way ahead of the production side, but we're, but we're, um, you know, it's, it's pretty fun to use, actually. (laughs) You don't say that often about, about content management systems, but it's been a lot of fun. And just being able to navigate through the site in a more convenient way, I think is, is beneficial. We're also seeing um, increased web traffic. I think... Uh, Google Analytics um, may have changed a algorithm earlier this fall because I want to say around 
August, September, our traffic kind of dropped fairly, not significantly, but noticeably. And um, I had a hunch that it was something to do with Google and how they were indexing our site. And um, since the conversion and we're in a higher level of Google's universe now, that traffic has suddenly reappeared. So I, I suspect it was linked, but I'm not a coder. I don't know all that kind of stuff. I Just think to... I took a couple of weeks off that time in August. Well, that was it. And yeah. And I picked up the pace last it. week. So it makes, makes sense. That's, <laughs> um, that was it. Um, as, as one of the content creators, uh, the site looks great. It's sleek. It's clean. There's more white space and you can see more visual images and uh, there's more uh, bylines and headlines. So it looks pretty cool to uh, have that interface when you're just checking out uh, a news hawk. I wanted to ask you about the importance as you make this transition, this change of Newshawk's newsletters. You know, you, we have that AM report and the PM report. And, you know, in one of my side jobs, I uh, teach journalism. And one of the things that I am constantly educating myself about in terms of next level journalism is the role of niche reporting and being able to target your content toward people who only want a couple things. They don't want to read the whole big newspaper. They want to just read about what they're interested in. And uh, newsletters are increasingly uh, uh, popular. You know, we have that Substack platform, which a lot of journalists are using. And then we just have newspaper entities that say, hey, you can subscribe and get this daily, uh, weekly newsletter. And we have that. Can you talk about the AM report, the PM report, and how integral that is in terms of Newshawk's overall success? Sure. That's a that's an interesting discovery that we made fairly early on in that a lot of people treat that newsletter as Newshawk. <laughs> and even though they, they'll see a headline in the newsletter and they'll click on it and it'll take them to the website. But we found over the years, and it's not just unique to us, other other sites have the same um, phenomenon. They'll go back to the newsletter to get another story. Mm-hmm. So it, they're treating it like the paper. And then we also see in our analytics, our subscriber analytics, particularly with um, uh, like Santa Barbara Unified School District uh, email accounts, at the end of the school year, we'll see a drop in those subscribers. And then along about ju- late July, all of a sudden those subscribers will return. So it's almost like they're canceling their paper as they go on vacation. Um, it's just kind of a weird thing that we notice, but um, it's very effective. And we've, you know, like everybody else, we understand that people are overloaded in our emails. I mean, I get three or 400 emails a day. I, I can't possibly keep up with the deluge, but we found that our readers want that those both the AM report and the PM report, they have sky high um, open rates and interaction. And we, we haven't really had any kind of pushback on that. Um, occasionally I'll get um, a complaint from a spouse saying that I know that that email comes at 4 15 AM because my husband or my wife has their phone by the bed and it dings when it comes in. But you know, that's a that's, good thing. That's what they're telling their spouse. That's what it is. It's the <laughs> newsletter. Yeah. That's right. But, uh, you know, it's it's cool that they know that at 4.15, Newshawk gets delivered. And so, um, you know, we can't ever change those times. But it's it's interesting. And, and what you're talking about with, um, you know, single issue uh, emails or e-letters and some customized things, 
that was one of the draws of Newspack is that it does essentially make it easier for us to to assemble those because everything's tagged and and you can pull that stuff together fairly easily whereas in our old system it was really a challenge to do that you'd almost have to have a full-time person if you wanted to just say i want a housing development email you'd have to have a full-time person to to like curate that it's pretty easy with um with newspack and wordpress and so we're looking to do some of that stuff in the new year um, you know high school sports or just high school uh, water polo you know something really um niche as you say is we're going to explore that it's it's exciting to contemplate and i don't think it's going to be that much more work but of course everything you do even if it's just a few minutes that adds adds up over the course of a day or a week or a month so we'll have to fit it in but it'll be exciting to explore some of that stuff and we know there's a demand we see it in our analytics for our general website yeah, and along those lines is that COVID newsletter, which obviously the the new side started to do uh, during the height of the pandemic, and uh, we still have it. It's not as frequent as it was, but can you just spend a couple of minutes on that newsletter and how valuable that is in terms of people being able to get all of their their COVID news all in one place? Sure, I think um, you know we we've, we've seen a fairly consistent. Um, Sadie, the Wonder Malamute, of course, has a squeaky toy here because she's <laughs> not getting enough screen time. So there may be some sound effects coming. But um, the COVID newsletter uh, is still pretty popular. Um, the traffic has dropped off a little bit. But, you know, as you say, the 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 reporting on that has dropped off, too, because we're not we don't have to cover it on, on such a dramatic day to day basis. The last few months, it's with rare exceptions, it's just been, you know, the county numbers, both from the federal government's uh, standpoint and the uh, local numbers. And so, um, but it's, I think it's for people who have COVID fatigue, um, it's great because they know that on, on Wednesday, they're going to get the update and they don't have to, you know, comb through all of our content to see uh, the, the story. We published it on our website first, actually, because we're, we're linking to those stories. But um, you can kind of skim over that stuff if it's not that consequential for you and just wait for the to get the updates. And I think, honestly, based on the reader feedback I get, that's that's all people want to know anyway, is like, what are the numbers? You know, is it is it rising at Cottage Hospital? Um, Is this going to affect me? And then, of course, it's a great way for county public health to to communicate uh, updates and and warnings and alerts and that kind of stuff. So it's been it's been really helpful. I didn't think it would last this long, honestly, the, the right. e-letter, but it does. It's, it's important. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, some of the content at NewsHawk. I know the, the readers are interested. One of these things I'm involved with, so this is not shameless self-promotion. But <laughs> That's okay. Uh, it's, your, uh, it's your podcast. Can, can you talk a little bit about uh, business coverage and, and BizHawk? I mean, as somebody who's written that that story that article column it's not a column there's no person there's no um, opinion in it but um it's a weekly feature and i've been doing it for i don't even know how many years now with, without failure uh hint hint you know a reminder there uh but it's always <laughs> it's always so popular i mean it's always very often the top five um i get feedback like you know wow i can't believe this place is opening or this place closed we get all these tips that come in 
Um, can you talk a little bit about BizHawk and our business coverage and what role that plays in the overall attraction of what NewsHawk is? Sure. I mean, I wish we could have more coverage of BizHawk and, and business news because I think there's definitely a void there. Yeah. Um, we filled it with sports, but it, it, there's still one with business. And, um, you know, I, I think people are just curious. And in this town, I'm, I'm always amazed at the, uh, you know, the whether it's opening or closing a restaurant, if it's in the lead of BizHawk, it's going to be, you know, easily in the top five of my best of bill the, with yeah. the readership. Um, without fail. Um, and, you know, some of these restaurants, you, you read about them and you think, oh, man, I can't believe they're they're, <laughs> they're going to go through with that. And then sure enough, a couple of months later, they're back in BizHawk because they went out of business. But a lot of them, um, you know, it's just kind of curious. And the people behind those businesses are always interesting. Uh, you know, they have interesting stories to tell and they're, they're making a go of it. So I think... Um, you know, I, I think people are naturally curious about that and then they want to know what's going on in their neighborhood or why that building that's been vacant for so long and, and you know, or why there's consistent turnover at this restaurant place. So it's just kind of a it's it's a community. It's a community uh, service that we provide. And I, I wish we could do more because, as you know, you know, we have five or six items maybe in BizHawk, but we could do easily three times that number if we had more, more time and, and space to do that. So I'd like to figure out a way to do more of those. Um, just restaurants alone would be, would be huge, but um, there's definitely a market for that. And we need to figure out a way to, to report on more of those. Yeah. There, there's so much that, that goes on and it's so, it's so rapid. It's so, you know, you think, Oh, during COVID who's opening new businesses. And it's like, well, there, there's people opening businesses all the time. <laughs> And uh, there are people who are, um, you know, obviously closing. I've been doing the column so long that, I mean, I can tell you three, four different businesses that have been inside that building uh-huh. as I wrote about them opening and closing closing uh, uh, during the BizHawk coverage. Uh, do you see an opportunity down the road for those kinds of newsletters? You know, maybe the once a week BizHawk newsletter that wraps up the content or the sports uh, uh, newsletter, uh, you know, as you're thinking about doing new things with NewsHawk, um, what's the likelihood that we might see more targeted emails? I think it's a really strong likelihood. Those are, those are, you identified two really good um, sources for reader interest. And so the BizHawk thing would be fairly easy to do. And maybe, you know, you write a paragraph as a, as kind of a, to personalize it. And then send it out on on like a Saturday or a Sunday, so it's over the weekend. Um, but it they they help uh, provide context and support for our website, and it's just a reminder. I mean, basically, the best of bill column was started because I noticed that you know these were our top five stories. So if I would you know a few days had lapsed, and if I reminded people that these were the top five stories, they'd click on them again. It was just yeah. a shameless way to get more clicks. <laughs> In the beginning and then it kind of turned into a you know something on its own but i think um that uh the the athletic round table which is most mondays during the school year um those are really important um you know for the kids and their pam parents and, and family and friends who you know appear at the round table that's that's very important so i think there's a there's a audience out there for something like that we've we've tried to figure out how to do more sports stuff, but mm-hmm. not sure we've exactly hit on that. And that's, you know, sports like business, we don't have enough bodies covering that either. 
Yeah. So it's just the, it's one of the burdens of a small news organization. We have to be very careful with our resources. Yeah, you do a really good job uh, there uh, hitting all the major points and uh, doing it with a very small staff. I think people tend to think that, well, it's NewsHawk. There must be a million people over there with an endless budget. And, oh, there's some story they didn't have. Why not? It's like, well, you know, we're doing everything we can plus more. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Well, and I would to that end, I would just say that that I guarantee, you know, NewsHawk may not be the largest news organization on the Central Coast, but I guarantee you we're the most uh, efficient and most productive and or I'm sorry, proficient and most productive of of anybody and we're pretty efficient about it too <laughs> yeah um you know along those lines uh news Hawk's about 15 years in uh, a little more than 15 years and obviously people can watch the first podcast you and i did to learn the whole backstory but you've been you know you got over the hump of the early years and then you you sort of made it and news Hawk is doing great and fantastic and you survived the pandemic and we're, we're so well-known and well-branded in the community. That said, there's always so much more in terms of growth and opportunity. Can you talk about you and your 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 mindset and your energy in terms of how do you take NewsHawk to, to the next level uh, where you don't want to mess up anything that you've already done, but you want to be able to you know reach a new audience and continue to grow? Uh, how do you do that in this this media market? I mean, we are saturated. We we've got everybody, you know, trying to get stuff out there. We've got traditional news organizations. We got people with blogs. You know, we got people with newsletters, and everybody's trying to do their own thing. How are you going to be able to, you know, take NewsHawk and make it even bigger and bigger in the next ten, fifteen years? That's a really good question. Yeah. You have any you have any idea yourself? <laughs> Or, I got some promotion like ideas you might want to consider. <laughs> promotion for news hawk or for you? <laughs> Same no, thing. All... Synergy, you know. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a I'm gonna remember I'll remember that one. Um the uh we talk about that all the time. You know, we talk about that as a company, we talk about that as as uh, Tom Bolton and Kim Clark, my partners. Um it's it's a challenge and um you know, in the in the early days, the idea was if we could perfect it in Santa Barbara County, where at the time we had some all of our there were a lot of indicators that were in our favor and circumstances that were in our favor. But Santa Barbara County is a really difficult place to own a business, let's be honest. And so um, we thought if we could perfect the model here, we could we could branch out and take it elsewhere where it's where there's more growth, population growth. It's a better business environment. But the longer we did this, the the more we realized that the need is in Santa Barbara County and the actual impact that we're making here and the opportunity, we don't need to go anywhere else. We haven't even hit the ceiling. We we don't even see the ceiling in Santa Barbara County from where we're standing at this point. So we, we're really bullish on our, our community and we feel like um, there's endless opportunities for us to grow here and grow in, in resources, grow in size, grow in, in influence and grow in revenue. And so we're we're all in on Santa Barbara County um, for all its challenges and flaws. Um, we think this is a really terrific place to live, work and play. And we're excited about the future and what it holds. But it's that is one of the things that, um, you know, we want to protect what we built. Um, we have a really good reputation that we work very hard. We have a fantastic team in every aspect of what we're doing. 
And we just want to build on that. Um, we feel like we've built a culture that um, perpetuates itself, that, you know, we bring people in, they kind of get it. Um, they're not trying to change that culture because they, they respect what, what's there. And we're proud of that. We're proud, we're proud of those accomplishments. And so um, for us, it's just how can we grow but still maintain that, that, that core identity and that core vision? And we feel like we can do it. You know, Tom, Kim, and I aren't getting any younger. Um, and, you know, we do think a lot more now than we did 10 years ago about the future and what that holds and trying to position NewsHawk so that it's in a sustainable uh, place so that when we've gone from the scene, it's still growing and, and doing what it's supposed to be, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now. Um, I really want NewsHawk to be in the history books in Santa Barbara County. So, um, but we've got to make sure that we have that foundation that it'll outlast us. <laughs> Just promise me you're not going to sell it to Elon Musk, please. We don't <laughs> want that kind of history. Yeah, we like local ownership, you know. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, we'll, we'll talk to anybody. We'll talk to Elon. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> sort of Newshawk and 2023. So. Mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking last year, you know, it's it's so difficult right now with coming out of the pandemic and it's this transition. And I want to ask you about some of the news stories that we're covering in a second. But from a media landscape perspective, um, you know, NewsHawk's done a, a tremendous job filling the void and being the go-to place for so much of news. When we cover everything, right? we cover the, the, the car crashes, we cover the 101 snags, we cover the government, you know, and we're not sort of just picking and choosing and sort of writing that. NewsHawk's really everything. We even cover North County and, you know, we got stuff from San Luis Obispo from that partnership. So we cover a lot. Um, are there any initiatives or what's coming up in 2023 that, that NewsHawk is already going to be focused on. Obviously, NewsPack is a big deal right now. We had talked right. last time about a, a, a direct public offering. Is that off the table or what's going on with, with that or anything else related? Uh, no, that's that's not off the table, although we, we, we kind of pushed it to the end of the table. <laughs> um, the energy that that would entail, I'm not sure that we have we have the capacity for that in the in the in the immediate future. Um, it's not off the table because we do want to, like I said, we, we want to make sure that we have a foundation that's sustainable and will outlast us. So we are, we do think about that. Um, but we also, in the past, when we wanted to have some quick growth, we went out and got a few investors and uh, were able to to make some critical hires like Tom and Kim and, and get NewsHawk, you know, jumped up to the next level. And so we we feel like if we need to do that again, we, we've since paid off those investors, but if we need to do that again, that was fairly um, simple for us to to do, whereas the direct public offering is, is pretty complex. But um, if we do want to make sure that we want to, we have this sustainable future, that's probably a route that we're going to explore more seriously. But but the pandemic took that off the table for us, and we just, it, it's just not the right time for us to revisit that yet. Um, but it's a good idea, and it, it's sure raised a lot of money for Berkeley side up in up in the Bay Area. Um, as far as what we're doing for next year, I'm most excited about a uh, initiative I can't really talk about yet because we're still finalizing the details. But it involves Rich Block and the Santa Barbara Zoo, 
and something he and I uh, dreamed up together. And we're both very excited about it. It's going to be great for the community. I think the community is going to be really enthusiastic participants and um, it fits in with our, with Newshawk perfectly uh, on so many different levels. So hopefully in the next early in January, we'll be able to announce that initiative. Um, the news pack, once we've kind of uh, worked out the kinks and we're, we're much more comfortable operating the system, we do want to go back to the E letters, um, you know, both the specific ones. And then we also have some that we have, um, we started to develop last summer and then realized, ah, this is way too much right now. Let's, let's pause these, but that would be, um, looking at Newshawk or adding some e-letters to make Newshawk more community friendly so that, um, people could sign up and, you know, get, uh, hiking information and restaurant information and, Wow. recreation activities and that kind of stuff. And we, we have a, most of that about 75% finished, but we just had to pull the plug because the news pack thing was just taking too much of our time. So hopefully in January, we'll get back to that and get that launched in the next, in the fourth, in the first quarter, rather. Um, we still are, we look at K-12 education. There's such a need and a desire and an interest in that from the public and when I talk about K-12 education, I'm not so much talking about what happens on campuses and, you know, school activities as much as uh, school board things. You know, you know from your coverage of the Santa Barbara Unified School District, but we also know from our analytics about even the Goleta Union School District, uh, Santa Inez Valley High School, uh, Santa Maria Districts, the Lompoc District. There's just an endless interest in what happens at those board meetings. And so we've got to figure out a way to do more of that with the small staff. And, you know, we don't want to suddenly become, all we do is report on the school boards. Hmm. Um, but we think there's a way for us to do, to get more of that information to the public, to our readers. We just, they're going to have to take a few weeks and really work that through. But I, I would suspect that by next fall, we will have a, we'll have a comprehensive plan to do that. And, you know, that's good for us because those are our core readers. Um, K-12 parents are, are, our ideal demographic and um it's a it's a renewable resource you know every year um there's new kindergarten parents coming into the system they know about newshawk and then they're with us for 13 years and we have them for life so that's you know we want to we want to do more of that and that's obviously the the pressures and the challenges and and the frustrations with the school districts and the school boards that that content is not going to go away yeah um, and and even if it does, it'll be replaced by something else. So, but it's just very important for a community our size to be to be engaged on that. We know that, and we respect that. Um, yeah, there's so it, much on those those school board agendas that even don't ever come up to be talked about in the consent calendar. Mm -hmm. Somebody pulls them off, and it's it's never ending. You could put five people on Santa Barbara Unified, and uh, there'd still be stories that we weren't doing because there's so much. And then there's all this stuff behind the scenes that we see. We did that story about the, you know, the, the, they put out a press release, the school district. Like, I can't believe they did. You know, it's like, we're giving away $2,500, you know, to like, you're putting out a press release on this. And, um, you know, that's like this little thing on the agenda, right? You know, and it's like, well, that's a story. People, people, half the people are like, that's great. The other half are like, 
are you nuts? Like, how, how are you able, this is our taxpayer of Monday. Like, what are you doing? Like, how, how can you afford to do that? Of course, if you work there, you're like, we deserve this. So there's lots yeah. of different perspectives that are, that are going on there. So that's a great yeah. idea. Well, thank you. And, and that's, I wish I could say that was my own, but um, I'll take credit. It's, I'm your guest. So, but that's, uh, those, those kinds of reporting, that kind of reporting is really incumbent upon a news organization to do because otherwise those parents would have no idea that that stuff is happening. And it's not just, I don't want to pick on the school boards because it's not just them. It's, it's all public agencies. Um, you know, the police departments and sheriff's department uh, don't release information. They don't release information on suspects or uh, who they're looking for, the resolution of cases. And, um, you know, the, that, that takes a toll on the community when you don't get that information from, from law enforcement. And that's, that's a challenge for news organizations because in the old days, the news organization, you know, it was one or two and they had the bully pulpit. And if, if they said something, the agencies would react. Now, uh, you know, Newshawk is one of the few that tries to do that. And we're just very small. So, you know, it's easy for them to just ignore it and hope that the problem goes away. And, and the, the community suffers. That's that's wrong. That's that's bad for democracy. That's bad for good governance. That's bad for sunshine. That's bad for everything. And so, um, you know, we're not picking on these people when we do this, but we have to we have to report on these these issues. That's our yeah. job. Yeah, absolutely. You think about city attorney Ariel Kalan. Oh, um, that that may have exactly. been just a press release in November if it were not for. Newshawks coverage and you know getting sources to talk you know and there's this gag order on them not to talk and that's just one example you know we saw that with finance director too you know our coverage it was just a press release you know and the government's view of news is very different than people on the ground's view of news right you know hey um i'm gonna ask you a question a little bit at my own peril here but um i i know you can deal with it um, <laughs> um and this is going to feed into your column I have to say the only criticism I ever hear of Newshawk in years and years of reporting is not a criticism, but it's something they'll bring up and they'll say, Newshawk's too conservative. Um, they will say that uh, they don't like not our local columnists, but some of our syndicated, I guess, columnists or people who are not around, not, you know, not local. Um, they'll say, you know, I really like Newshawk, but some of the columns they publish are just really this or that, you know, and, and, and they're say that they're too conservative or too religious. And, uh, and then occasionally, you know, people here will say, you know, about your column, you know, and like maybe your, your, your Gavin Newsom stuff, or, you know, they have, they perceive that you have a anti-government bent kind of thing. Um, that's the only criticism I ever hear, right. If there's, and that's, that's, so that's good. Right. But that's, I'm, mean, you're aware of that. That's a thing. I mentioned it to Tom Bolton when we did our podcast, but I never, I didn't ask you that. I don't think last time we talked, but what do you say when you hear that? When people will want to say that that's just not that, that they don't like news talk for that particular reason. Sure. Well, um, a couple of things there. Um, you know, the, the readers don't come to news talk for opinion. That's been clear from the very start. Um, our opinion columns were the exception of mine and mine's I say mine's an opinion column, but a lot of times it's just it's just basically a repackaging of what you wrote or, you know, it's a biz hawk item. Mm. How opinionated am, am I going to get about that? But um, 
readers don't come to, to News Hawk for opinion. Um, they come for news they come, and they come for breaking news. And they, they know that they can get that and they can get that stuff without opinion. Um, our reporters are really good about leaving their opinions out of their stories, out of their reporting. And occasionally, you know, we're human. We're going to make those mistakes. But I think for the most part, in every instance I can remember, if if we did do that, it was carelessness or or fatigue. It wasn't it wasn't intentional. And, you know, it's the Web. So we just go in there and fix it. But um, uh, and I'm proud of that reputation that we were straight shooters and we just report the truth. That's the journalist's only job is to report the truth. And so um, we we take that very seriously. As far as the opinion columns go, though, I do feel like it's important for the community to have a place to voice their opinions. And I don't care what your opinions are. I mean, you know, there there's some lines I won't cross. But for the most part, these are community members known in the community and they want to share their opinion. And maybe I agree with it. Maybe I disagree with it. I don't really care. Um, and what I do care is if they're going to get a, a readership and if they don't get any audience, um, you know, it's a, it's a cost to us for, to have to do the production for those things. So we're probably going to drop those, but, um, I do think it's important, especially in this day and age to, um, to have a place for the community to share its opinions, but with the understanding that you're not coming to Newshawk to read opinions. So we'll give them a place for it. Um, when we read it, our website. Uh, we we did um, reconfigure the homepage so that those contributor those contributors who are giving us content, whether it's political or opinionated or or just of interest, uh, general interest, um, that's farther down the page in a news hot contributors um, section, and we're being more conscious about where it goes on the page as opposed to Newshawk's columnists, which is myself, you, uh, Dan McCaslin. Ray Ford, uh, Lori Jervis, um, some of those people who we we ask to cover or we expect them to cover stuff for, or we're paying them to cover things for us and and write with a with a personalization of it. Um, the the political stuff um, about September, I dropped all of our syndicated political columnists. Um, with the exception of Joe Gazzardi, who writes on immigration, which is important for agriculture and it's important for the high tech community. Um, I don't always agree with this stuff, but um, he's the only person out there who's writing with any regularity on immigration. And so um, if I could find somebody else to to expand on that, it's it's an important issue here and, and especially in California. And um, and so I I would like to have more immigration stuff. But the um, the rest of them, we just dropped because I didn't want to, you know, I'm, I'm aware of the complaints and they weren't bringing us any, any traffic to our site. Yeah. So we replaced those with some home and lifestyle opinion uh, or columnists um, like one on uh, a, uh, you know, do it yourself um, projects around the house, uh, some, some economy stuff, uh, pets. Um, and so we are adding some of those into our homes and lifestyle section because we don't really cover a lot of that stuff with our own content, mm -hmm. but we have advertisers who are interested in that content. And this is a way for us to have more, uh, you know, articles and, and whatnot in, the, in those areas, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on opinion because we know our readers don't like it. And it, it's been very, very consistent. That is our 
over 15 years of analytics, we know that, you know, maybe they'll get 200 reads. Occasionally, they'll, they'll get 700 reads, but anything else than that, that's just not something. And, you know, if we use that time and resources on our own reporters doing our own news coverage, we can get thousands of reads. That's where we want to go. Yeah. <clears throat> Great. Yeah. And your column is funny. I mean, your column. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you know, and I, I will say I, I do. I mean, I'm a supporter of small business. Yeah. Uh, I'm an unabashed supporter of small business, a healthy small business uh, environment. Uh, is the clearest indicator of a healthy community. So I'm I'm a champion of that. And that was important during the, the pandemic uh, and the shutdowns because nobody was speaking for business. Everybody right. was speaking for public health. And I'm not saying that public health was wrong. That was a that was clearly a health emergency, but it was it was not a single issue thing. It was also the economy and that aspect of it. And nobody was speaking for those businesses and those employers and those employees. And that's, you know, I think we've seen the, the evidence has borne out over time that it was probably more of an economic disaster than it was a health disaster, even though people died, way too many people died. Yeah. The, the after effects are going to be with us for decades. Yeah. And, and to close the loop on that, I do hear all the time. I love Bill. I love Bill. I love Bill. I love New Talk. <laughs> and it, it, their relationship with you, the small business community, opens a lot of doors for me in terms of access. So, as you know, while I do hear an occasional the other stuff we mentioned, I do hear more of Bill's great. I love what Bill's done with New Talk. <laughs> you know all that stuff. Um, we got about fifteen minutes here. I want uh, to pick your brain a little bit on uh, some local issues. Um, sure. I know you can be opinionated in your column, when, and as you say, it's a column and it's your opinion, and you have the right to do that. Um, I recently wrote this story about the Lacumbra Plaza specific plan blowing up. I I'm assuming that it's getting great analytics because I've gotten so many emails <laughs> from people who are are like, I can't believe this, you know, and so. Um, I wanted to sort of ask you to the degree you can comment on the story. The story's, you know, political story, or the, the you know, the, the Doss is Doss Williams is bashing the planning process, and uh, he's uh, criticizing design review boards, and he's sort of saying, "Hey, if we do a specific plan, that it's going to slow everything down, and uh, let's not get in the way of this other private development. Let them submit their application and." We'll see how that goes. And that led to the loss of $1.1 million in REAP funding, uh, funding for housing and transportation projects affecting a lot of different things, climate change. And so so the city lost out on that money at this SBCAG meeting. And, and so this happens. And so Lacumber Plaza now is just, we don't know what's gonna, what, what the fate is because those people still the tailor stuff to submit a project the city's still going to review their project so so good luck with that you know because they just tank that specific plan funding so good luck to you tailors to get that going through uh but what's your take on 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 this and the Cumbra plaza and the future should we have housing there what, what's your take well um boy that's a that's an open-ended question and believe it or not i don't i don't know the answer i don't really know all the 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 uh angles to the story at the the first time i mean i'd heard some some rumors and heard some uh you know talk but um really your story the other day was the first time that i that i even knew that this was so close to 
you know, actually being making its debut. And now uh, I really have no idea what what just happened. It's like the Minnesota Vikings game yesterday. I know the score, but like, how did that happen? I don't know. So, um, and, but I'm going to have to educate myself by Friday because um, that's clearly going to be our top story in, in the best of bill at the end of the week. So I got, I got to come up with something, but um, in general, I mean, I, I'm an, an employer and I'm sensitive to our employees, uh, employees uh, needs. And, um, you know, I also have grown children and, and one of whom he and his family live in Santa Barbara and, and uh, I want them to stay and I want my other two kids to be able to move back if that's what they want. Um, I'd certainly like that. But, um, you know, the housing is is a serious issue, has been for a long time. Uh, I was talking to some people last night and, um, you know, some three, four, five generation locals, and they can't recall that it's been as bad as it is right now. So I'm I'm in favor of exploring putting more housing in infill areas um, like downtown Santa Barbara. And I'm talking about downtown on, you know, between Chapala and, and Anacapa Street, not out in the neighborhoods of four or five blocks away, because I don't consider that downtown. Um, but I, you know, as a community, we haven't gotten to the point where we fully understand all the ramifications and we we don't really understand what we think about all that yet. I mean, everybody says, well, there's not enough housing or there's, there's too many people or, 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 you know, you shouldn't expect to live here, whatever the, whatever your position is, but we haven't had that discussion as a community yet. And it's news hawk probably should try to figure out a way to, to have that con- discussion so that we just have a, you know, we're never going to achieve consensus, but maybe we have a better idea that, you know, these are our three top issues because this is what our community thinks, not what a developer thinks or a government official thinks or a, uh, an advocate thinks. This is what our community believes needs to happen. And so um, I, I think that's important for the community before we do anything else, before we lock ourselves into something that, you know, 10 years down the road, we're going to regret or, in some cases right away, we're going to regret. Um, and I, I just, I don't feel like we've, we have decided as a community what that looks like yet. And we're not getting it in this piecemeal approach, which is frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating and- to me, it's frustrating to business owners, it's frustrating to taxpayers. It's frustrating to get to government officials. Right. I mean, we, we, the city spent $8 million on a consultant for the state street master plan, but I mean, I don't know what we're spending on a housing master plan and these issues that are much bigger than the outdoor dining on state street. You know, there's also that theory of if we, if we make La Cumbre Plaza, this place of 2000 units, that it'll kill downtown, that it'll mean that all that energy will come up. And um, we'll have even fewer people because people aren't going to want to, you know, they're going to be shopping in that area because there will be commercial as part of it. So there's lots of conversation that that needs to be had with this specific plan. The city had been working on this application for this free money, essentially, from the state. And so they submitted this application for funding at the same time. SB CAG is doing reach outreach to communities to say, hey, apply for this funding and and they only have about 5.5 million, something like that. And I think the requests were more than $20 million in funding. So they had to make their decisions about where the money would go. 
Uh, this decision, SPCAG, does not mean no housing. It just means funding for the specific plan won't come from there, and the city will have to figure out its own funding. Of course, they they will. They'll, they'll find they'll find a way to you know get two point or one point one million dollars. You know, so it's very complex. But wow, this story just tells me that you I'm not going to be able to do enough on this topic of housing on the Coomber Plaza. Because people bring up water, they bring up schools, the transportation, it's, you know, the politics, you know, of, of what's happened. Um, let me ask you along those lines about downtown and the State Street Master Plan and $8 million for a consultant and um, outdoor dining. Um, in your observation, and you're you're tied to these business people, so you hear what they have to say. Do uh, you have any thoughts on how Santa Barbara's doing from this perspective, from the outdoor dining perspective? Well, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen the numbers. I, I certainly have a lot of friends who are uh, business owners and restaurant owners downtown. And I hear, I hear from both sides, all sides, all the time. Um, so it's all anecdotal, but, um, you know, I, I do walk downtown a lot and, um, not every block, but, um, the blocks I frequent and it's not that great. It's kind of dead and I'm sorry, but that's, that's how it is. And, um, you know, conversely, if you go to communal real marketplace and obviously that's private property, and so they have a, uh, it's easier for them to maintain because it's only several acres, not, not 15 blocks or whatever, but, um, but, uh, that is thriving. You know, you can't find a parking space out there and, and the restaurants are busy and, uh, it's clean and safe and well lit and, um, you don't have that downtown. And so, um, that's, that's a problem. Um, you know, what the solution is, I'm, I, I have my own feelings on the parklets and the, the condition of, the state street and whether in the parades and, and all that, uh, you know, why in 2022 are we letting all this water run down the street every time it rains? This isn't, you know, 1822. Um, we have a mechanism to fix that. And yet we haven't done that yet. Whereas, you know, if you want to put in a hotel where the Scientology building is, you have to do a groundwater, uh, catch basin there to, to handle that. But the city, you know, can have thousands of gallons of water running down right in front of your hotel and you, they don't have any uh, solution to that. So I, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen downtown, but it, it's just leadership or lack of leadership. And I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, God bless Randy. I'm a big fan of his, but um, it's, it's a tough to be in his position to try to get that herd moving down the trail to yeah. some resolution because I'm just not seeing any leadership there. They're all good people. Don't get me wrong. They're not, nobody has some nefarious master plan to, to sabotage this, but um, it's just a lack of leadership. Yeah. And um, I'm glad you brought up Goleta. Uh, I live out in Goleta and I mean, Camino Real is like Disneyland. I mean, there's so many people there when you try to park in the evenings and afternoons, most times of the day for sure. And it's, uh, I mean, talk about a, a downtown, like, mm-hmm. like, and you know that's that's your community hub um old town's busy too but camino real is just like this concentrated cluster um so one thing that i think people know but a new new audience might not is that you know in many ways the growth of galita has been synonymous with the growth of newshawk and newshawk's been really big in terms of recognizing everything that galita has gone through 
as it's incorporated into cityhood 20 years newshawk's been right there the only outlet covering galita in these big ways and these micro ways and uh news hawks i'm sure the analytics in galita are strong because people really like it from schools coverage to small business to to government and the chamber and everything um so that i mean that's something that is really a legacy of news hawk is helping to uh, tell the story of galita in so many ways uh, you were at the Galita's finest event uh, over the weekend, and uh, I covered one of those one time. You haven't been able to get me to go back, or maybe you didn't ask me. Maybe my tie wasn't tight enough. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I, I know those are fun events. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that event was in terms of um, what it says about Galita? Sure. Um, and one of the things I'd, I probably should clarify about my interest in Galita, you know, people, I do always get asked, you know, you live in Montecito. You know, Newshawks and based in Santa Barbara. What's your interest in Galita? And my interest in Galita is really twofold. One, it's a fantastic community. It's it's really Newshawks' core demographic is Galita, um, top to bottom. It's just great, and it also has the best weather in California. I'm convinced. But two, um, you know, Galita, the opportunity to to watch Galita grow as a city and incorporate and all that kind of stuff is fascinating. And that's never going to happen again in my lifetime. I'm never going to have the opportunity to, to see a new new city birth itself and grow and and you know go through all that that those challenges and, and work out all the general plan and all this kind of stuff. And it's just been really fascinating to see as a as a civic person um, to watch that develop. And I think you know what it looks like today and how it's how it's um, evolved over the last twenty years. It's really cool. I mean that. You, you watch that process unfold before your eyes and it, and it ended up looking just like everybody had anticipated for the most part. And it's, it's good. And it's, it's a, a positive development. So I'm, I'm really bullish on, on Galita and I, I just love that community. And then of course I was the, you know, on the board of the, uh, the old Galita Valley chamber and the board mm-hmm. president for a long time. So, so I have that interest there, but um, it is a, it is a great demographic for Newshawk and we do have, a lot of core readership out there. Um, you know, they have two, uh, all the high schools have really great communities surrounding them, but Dos Pueblos, we've, we've had a, probably a closer relationship to, um, mainly because of the charger account, which I know your son, Jacob, uh, is involved with, um, you know, bringing that back, but the charger account when Bill Woodard was the, um, faculty advisor back in his teaching days, um, when they went to all, electronic and drop the paper part, you know, we thought, well, these guys are following Newshawk's model. We need to get involved with them and, and support them. And so ever since then, we've been really tied to DP, not by, you know, we're not excluding anybody else. We're happy to get involved with all the schools, but um, that's, that's, you know, I've, I've spent more time on the DP campus than I have on other campuses. And so it's, but it's just, it's great. It's a great community. I love it. Well, as a DP grad, it just makes a lot of sense. You know, it is the best high school of them all, but that doesn't jade my coverage at all, as we know. Of course not. <laughs> um, and I'm, now I'm going to hear from San Marcos and Santa Barbara and Bishop and Laguna. <laughs> I like and, Laguna too. It's, you know, it's another uh, alumni school of sorts. So, um, well, any, what's that? I have a daughter who graduated from Laguna. Yeah, my son did K through six there too. Uh, 
But uh, Bill, I really appreciate your time. Um, it's such a really good conversation. And I know that the readers, they love journalism, but they love seeing what's inside the people who actually make the decisions. And you are the past and the present and the future of local news here <laughs> at Newshawk. And so I'm, I'm old enough to be. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'll end with what I'll tell you to your face and tell any, even your biggest cynic in private, the best headline writer I've you know ever worked with. Uh, I can't even tell you how many times I've picked up one of my stories and looked at one of my stories and been like, oh, God, I'm so stupid. How did? How come I didn't think of this? And Bill just <laughs> dressed up my story. It's going to get all these reads now because of this clever headline. So, um, you know, Sunday editor. Uh, I don't have a story today, but... Uh, I always oh, know my Sunday. <laughs> yeah, you you can you can uh, go home early. You know, you can you can stop working. You don't you don't have to be there all night. No, um, but anyway, such a pleasure, Bill. Uh, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, appreciate everything, and uh, uh, good thanks, luck. With, good luck with everything, and thanks a lot for everything you do. Well, thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, this podcast, you know, I was I was not really sure about it, but um, it it took only just a couple of weeks and I realized, man, that's really powerful. That's really, a, it's really popular. So, um, you know, kudos to you for, for hatching that idea and then sticking with it. And it's, it's great to see how it's evolved over this last year with, with Newshawk. I mean, um, it's just been fant a fantastic thing and people do look forward to it. Um, it may, I may need to step up my game. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, thank you for just, you know, handing me my biggest bargaining chip, you know, next time we go into our, you know, contract negotiations. So uh, you still have to deal with Tom. <laughs> I'm just the big picture guy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, we'll, we'll I'll work on him separately. So that's fine. Yeah. All right. We're, okay. <laughs> but thank you, though. No, it's thank you. Fun. And I, yeah, no, I appreciate uh, the partnership and uh, it, it's, it, it's, uh, it's great for both of us. So thanks a lot, Bill. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks, Josh.